Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Pickleball Physio podcast episode. Here we talk about uh, pickleball injury prevention and recovery and other general health and wellness considerations to keep us on the courts, getting back sooner after an injury, staying on longer and just playing more games. We, we love our sport and we want to just keep playing. And I have a, another special guest today, Brian Lee. Uh, he is a fellow physical therapist and a certified strength and conditioning specialist uh, specializing in orthopedics and sports medicine. Brian and I actually connected a couple of months ago um, through a, a program where we are just wanting to help bring more knowledge and education to the general public about the things that we know and love. And he and I actually got to meet each other uh, at the beginning of June at a live event where a bunch of us healthcare providers got together and networked together and we got to play pickleball a couple of times. So it was really, really fun. Um, I'm really excited to have Brian on with me today. Welcome, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah, for having me on. Um, I always enjoy our conversations and it's always nice chatting with somebody who has, you know, very similar passions with helping people and and helping pickleball players to play better. And I really enjoyed um, also just getting to meet you in person and playing a little bit of pickleball together, too. Yeah, Brian actually was so gracious and had me on his podcast, The Healthy Pickleballer, and uh, we had another opportunity to chat together. So um, after listening to this episode, please go check out his podcast and that episode and his many other episodes as well over there. Um, because yeah, there's just so many of us who love this sport and more physical therapists are starting to see uh, the value and in the knowledge we have in connecting it to the pickleball community. And um, so I'm just, I'm super excited to have a fellow PT, fellow pickleballer um, in, in this world with me that we get to uh, get excited about the sport and about our profession and keep people happy and healthy. So Brian, can you give our listeners and our viewers a little bit more of a background of how you came into the world of pickleball? Cause you didn't initially start in pickleball um, when you were thinking of you know, going into physical therapy or when you started practicing for that matter? Yeah, yeah. This is one of my favorite questions to ask people, especially just because the game is relatively new, but it's exploded onto the scene and just kind of hearing, you know, all the different worlds that people have come from and how they've transitioned in, in, into the pickleball world. So yeah, I'm um, a physical therapist and a strength and conditioning specialist. And for a couple of years um, into my career, I was actually a, a PT that traveled on tour with Broadway shows across the country and did that for several years, really fell in love with, with um, working with uh, people that are really kind of performing at the highest level. And uh, we focused just a lot on, you know, movement patterns and injury prevention programs. And um, so if, if there's a, a, you know, a sport or yeah, so for a couple of years, I was actually a physical therapist for Broadway shows on their national tours. And um, that was kind of an opportunity as well that I didn't necessarily see myself kind of getting into, um, you know, when I initially thought about physical therapy, I was much more focused kind of on sports medicine, um, working with, you know, baseball players, tennis players, but I really saw an opportunity there to really just be able to work with uh, elite level performers. So it kind of as a challenge, but also as really an opportunity to do something that I, you know, always wanted to do. Um, and so I did that for a couple of years. Um, and then um, 
you know, I actually was affected by by COVID back in 2020. I was on on tour with the production then, and um, that industry got hit pretty hard. Um, and just kind of was, yeah, and it just kind of caused a little bit of a, a shift in gears. Kind of right around that time is when uh, pickleball really kind of came onto the scene for a lot of people. Yeah, so I kind of got exposed to uh, pickleball just as it, the great game was growing. And being a physical therapist, it was kind of inevitable. That, that I think you're going to start seeing clients that kind of come in for pickleball-related injuries, uh, as any PT kind of, you know, should do when, when you start working with the clients that, that are doing a certain activity, kind of led me to studying the game a little bit more and, and kind of by watching the game and, and learning more about it, my, my interest started to grow more and more. Also was, wanted to figure out why people couldn't, you know, stay away from the court. There's got to be something about this game that, that keeps right. coming back. Right. And, yeah. Um, so, so uh, eventually uh, went out uh, onto the court with some clients who, who wanted me to experience it and just kind of fell in love from that time on. That's awesome. It's so interesting just how many different walks of life people come from and then end up in pickleball. <laughs> and uh, it's really exciting because, you know, there's the, in that there's just so many wonderful, amazing people that we get to encounter and get to know and interact with um, through the sport. Um, but I love that, you know, you're able to bring the knowledge that you had from your time working um, with Broadway national tours and stuff. Uh, can you share a little bit more how your experience as a PT on Broadway um, helps you when you're working with your pickleball players now. Yeah. And, and I think it really is um, kind of comes down to like the approach that, that I take as the PT for Broadway shows that that model is really kind of focused a lot on the injury prevention side of things. Because um, for those performers, they're doing, you know, eight shows a week, uh, every single week. So unlike, um, you know, some other professional sports, there's no real off season. And, and oftentimes like your, your day off is actually going to be a travel day, which can be even just, it's more taxing than it is actually a rest day. When we would get assigned to a show, the first thing that we would really do is, is something called like a risk analysis, where we would go into the rehearsal process and actually take a look at the choreography and make notes about what some of the repetitive movement patterns are and kind of using that information to actually predict what types of overuse injuries were um, likely to happen. Awesome. And it was actually pretty cool to kind of see how different shows really would have certain types of injury trends. We would also look at, you know, maybe root movements that aren't as repetitive, but maybe a little bit more of a higher risk type of movement. So happening less often, but if done incorrectly one time, it may lead to more of like a, you know, kind of a traumatic type of injury. Right. So we could use that information and kind of design and develop these injury prevention programs to kind of combat it on the front end, because once an overuse to injury starts to happen, it's really hard to get ahead of it when you have to continue to do the activity that led to it in the first place. Right, right. Yeah, uh, so and I'm I'm sure you see that your eye is now trained to recognize these repetitive movements even on the pickleball courts too because you've just been so honed in on seeing it in these performing arts um, areas and platforms that now your eyes are just very very keen and trained on those repetitive movements which we do have a lot of in pickleball. 
Exactly. I, I call it like the pickleball choreography and it's going to be, I love that. it's going to vary, but, but, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to actually just, just watch uh, professional players play. But what I'm actually watching as a physical therapist is their movements. Yeah. And, and one of my favorite things to actually do is actually go on to like the PPA um, Instagram page and just kind of scroll through and see some of those action shots uh, that they have of players and post. What I've seen is like, um, a lot of different players, but being in a similar position. And, and when I see that position, I'm like, I, I know a lot of probably recreational players have a difficult time getting into that position, but we can see that it's something that's happening a lot because this picture is coming up repetitively. And, and if they're having difficulty getting into that position, there's, uh, there's likely some type of compensatory strategy that's happening for them. And we can kind of take a look at that in our sessions and really kind of break down the, the biomechanics that can help them. Absolutely. And, you know, we see a lot of these amazing feats that end up in the highlights on all of these uh, pickleball current events, videos and highlights and everything like that. And like you said, yeah, there are these very, very clear pictures of these professional athletes, you know, higher level pickleball players that they're getting into these positions that are really hard for the recreational player. Um, but these athletes are also doing themselves favors on and off the courts to make sure that they're able to get themselves into that position. What is something that in your Broadway national tour, physical therapy, risk analysis and treatment stuff that you guys would do, how would you help optimize your performers for recovery knowing that they're performing day after day, you know, eight shows a week. And how can we transition that maybe into some of the mindset of what pickleballers can do with how often many pickleballers are playing in a given week? Yeah, yeah. I think that with routine of eight shows, it was kind of difficult to kind of control, um, you know, how much is too much activity. Also kind of getting that that sweet spot of like, okay, we're, we're, Training, we're doing enough cross training to where you are getting benefit and trying to help maintain some symmetry in the body, but also making sure that we're not fatiguing your body on top of what you're already doing. So, you know, in that eight week schedule, I would say that we would come up with programs that really are, are doing a lot of exercises to help um, create more balance in their body. So like if, if there was a show that, um, you know, had a lot more like jumping, sliding, compressive type of stuff on the knees. Maybe we do a little bit, focus a lot more on that posterior um, strengthening program. So that way they, you know, we're making sure that they're not, their muscles aren't getting so stiff that they're losing, um, that they're starting to lose some of their mobility. But I, I typically would recommend, you know, like just two, three times a week, just kind of a, a whole body type of movement, movement training and um, focusing on some good compound movements but uh, making sure that you are addressing the muscle groups that aren't getting utilized as much during the choreography. Absolutely. So in pickleball choreography, what are a couple of those movements that you see a lot of that you figure more people could spend more attention on to, to reduce their chance of getting a lot of the injuries that we see in pickleball? Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest movement patterns that I, I've seen is this movement where people get pulled out wide in the kitchen uh, in kind of some of these dinking rallies and they have to open up their stance to kind of lunge to the side and, and kind of hinge down to be able to get to that low ball. Uh, I think that is a really 
difficult position for a lot of people to get into um, because it requires uh, good hip mobility on that lead hip. Um, we also want to take a look at kind of what the tracking of the knee is, making sure it's not kind of collapsing inward. And then also, you know, what does their trunk position look like? Are they, are they able to get a good hinge? Do they have that um, strength in their posterior chain? Or are they kind of flexing at the lumbar spine to be able to get into that? And then even on the, on the trail leg too, you know, that requires a lot of flexibility um, in some of those like inner thigh muscles too. Yeah. Absolutely. And most of us, you know, have, regardless if we're, you know, the majority of the population that plays pickleball in, you know, maybe a couple times a week versus like the core pickleball players who are playing pretty often. Um, yeah, many of us are coming from a lifestyle of sitting, especially coming out of, you know, the pandemic or just our everyday jobs. Many people are sitting a lot for their jobs. We're sitting for our traveling and all that. And that that mobility and that motion that we need um, paired with the stability of actually being able to like hold those positions in those dink rallies um, makes a world of a difference, which is often why we see a lot of strains and sprains because people are, are not ready to be in that position or maintain that position. So I, I definitely agree with you there that that's a very common overlooked um, movement pattern that we need to be working into. Yeah. And I think you, you just nailed it too. When you were talking about like, it's one thing, like, can you assume that position, but it's a whole different ball game to be able to move into that position and then also move out of it because right. pickleball is a very quick reaction sport too. So like, uh, that's such a, a, a key to it as well. It's like, okay, you've got the ability to get into it, but, but it's a whole different ball game to be able to move in and out of it. Definitely. And especially with the side to side movement, those wide stances, you know, that's not a motion that we find ourselves doing on a daily basis off the court already. Most of our walking we do forward. And, and if we have to go, you know, in a different direction, we usually will turn around or, you know, turn our body so that we're still walking forward. And so um, that's, that's a quite an unfamiliar movement, even though many of us are, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you like step to the side, like on a conscious level we don't realize how much effort that that puts our body through in order to get into those and out of those positions, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, so I think that's like a, a movement that's repetitive. And then as you kind of talked about, just a lot of people are kind of going from maybe sitting at a computer or desk for an extended period of time. Well, um, you know, maybe an area that's not as repetitive, but still uh, maybe a little bit what, what I would consider like a, a higher risk opportunity for injury is going from, you know, not doing a whole lot of overhead stuff with our arms and shoulders, and then aggressively trying to go for that, uh, that put away uh, with right. the overhead when we don't really have that motion. Right, absolutely. And I've definitely seen a good share of people coming in with complaints of that, you know, like I tried to go for an overhead, and I just like, oh, I like really pinched down on my shoulder, or I aggravated my elbow or something like that. Because yeah, it's like a really big, grand, powerful movement. And our bodies just not used to being way up here with most of our life being in in a very I'm in, it's in front of my chest and kind of between shoulder and hip level type lifestyle and so yeah that makes that makes a huge huge difference um, when when it comes to the considerations of moving out of these seated positions and into the big positions of pickleball for those those high-risk movements I remember when 
Mary Brasha did her merry-go-round shot that like she like hit the ball from behind her head oh, yeah. and then it like came um and and she you know got it back over the net and everybody's like whoa that was amazing because you know a lot of people were like for one thing you know just to be able to get your paddle behind your head and like make that shot um and save save that shot for one thing but I know a lot of you know the people who look at movement are a lot more are recognizing like she had to have some pretty good range of motion to yeah. be able to get to that position. Um, and many people don't realize that because she has that motion and she has that control, you know, I mean, we don't know if her back or anything like that bothered her after that <laughs> game because, you know, we didn't really get any information on that, but, you know, in, in that sudden big um, explosive movement that she had, that could also be an example of one of those high risk positions for somebody that's maybe a recreational player that hasn't been turning their body in that in that way in a long time absolutely so, somebody like that goes for that you know type of shot but doesn't have that mobility right? that's a perfect yeah a perfect example of, of where yeah. you absolutely and i know that there's like a lot of um a lot of people don't realize that when we get injured there's a lot of work that has to get put in to rehab and, and safely get back on the courts, right? There's there's pain and you get over pain when you start, you know, getting things to heal and things are feeling better. But then there's that that extra, those extra steps of actually building back and returning to sport um, that we need to be moving into to make sure that we don't put ourselves at risk of encountering that pain again. And so what kind of stuff have you seen either on the courts or in the clinics um, when it comes to helping to educate people and wrap their mind around, hey, just because the pain is gone doesn't mean it's never going to come back. How do you how do you kind of talk to people and walk people through that mindset or shift? Yeah, yeah, I think that probably best to kind of even just kind of use a, a specific example. Please. Um, so let's use like a, maybe a common injury that we are seeing in pickleball, Achilles tendinopathy. Yeah. So, so um, you know, I think that in, in the early stages, we can we can reduce pain pretty quickly mm -hmm. with, with Achilles tendinopathy with with a little bit of activity modification, some you know modalities, soft tissue work. And then I, I like to kind of even just do some isometric stuff too, that just initially start that loading phase, but also have some analgesic effects too, when done in a certain kind of set and rep scheme. So that's just kind of phase one, you know, you can start to get rid of pain with, with Achilles tendinopathy, you know, within two, three weeks um, with the right modifications. When it comes to transitioning into pickleball, it's even different with an activity like running. You're yeah. getting a lot of that springing load with running, but it's strictly in a, a forward um, type of, of motion. Right. Uh, so one thing that I'll, I really have like will emphasize with my clients is that, you know, when it comes to Achilles tendinopathy and going back onto the pickleball court, is that we have to get that tendon to be able to tolerate loading um, in forward backward motion, yeah. side to side diagonal and if you haven't trained all of those planes then then that's a potential area that okay you haven't trained that tendon to be able to tolerate that load and that's an, an area where yeah it could come back yeah absolutely and a lot of people when you know they only really think of physical therapists when they're in pain and as soon as the pain is gone they're kind of like okay we're good we're we're you're gonna go back but what are what are some other roles that physical therapists can actually play in helping pickleball players. 
Yeah, well, I, I think that recovery is a is a really big one. You know, when you are talking about um, people that play daily or or play like you know in these tournament days where you know, your body is just wrecked from playing so many games. <laughs> Um, I think that physical therapists have a lot of tools and that's, you know, kind of one of the things that uh, kind of going back to our, our Broadway discussion is mm-hmm. uh, I would do a lot of manual therapy techniques kind of help, you know, help with the muscle recovery, help to um, clear out some of the metabolites and stuff like that mm-hmm. to allow their bodies to bounce back uh, more quickly. So I think that physical therapists have um, can play a huge role in, in recovery um, and that's going to help with injury prevention. And then I think that we also are, are really, because we're movement experts, I think that we're injury prevention, I think also carries into performance enhancement. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that we can really help people to optimize their, their biomechanics. Kind of, as we talked about, like looking at what, what are the demands of the game and how can we help you to optimize your movement in those positions? We have such a bigger role and this is even just, you know, for, for every client out there, Mm -hmm. not just pickleball players, we have so many services to offer in addition to just the rehabilitation side of things. Absolutely. I agree. And, and it makes a, a huge difference for the people who actually do you know, start working with physical therapists past just the pain relief phase, just past that phase one, or even phase zero, depending on who you talk to, because Mm -hmm. if you're injured, then, you know, you're, you're just treading water at that point. Um, I had a really good conversation just recently with another physical therapist that was saying, you know, even high level athletes, you know, these professional athletes, they have a, an an athletic trainer or a physical therapist or some, somebody that's a movement specialist or as proficient in this performance aspect that even when they're not hurt, they're still getting taken care of um, as soon as they step foot off of the courts um, or off of the field or, you know, the rink, wherever they might be. They're they're a core part of your performance team, of your wellness team when you're playing the sport. And many of us, whether we're recreational or competitive or even just, you know, living our everyday lives, you know, we're, we're being active human beings. We, we should be treating our body with the same kind of expectation of, we're going to make sure that you're still working functionally and, and working optimally um, and just feeling free and confident to try whatever you want to without feeling like, oh, I'm going to get hurt from, you know, just trying this one activity. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great point because you are starting to see a lot more like articles coming out about pickleball injuries and like how... there was one that just came out yesterday even talking about pickleball injuries on the rise um yeah. it was on it was on fortune well and um the art the whole article is basically just talking about how millions of americans tens of millions of americans playing pickleball and they're estimating that like there's going to be, what was the number? It's like almost $400 million of um, pickleball related injury costs in, in the medical world, which is a lot. You know, there's there's thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people um, checking into the emergency department or urgent care or getting checked for outpatient or getting surgeries or other types of procedures um, because of pickleball related injuries. Yeah, so I think that we, we can provide 
uh, to your point, like a peace of mind. We don't want to deter people from playing. We there's so many people that love it. There's the social aspect right. of the game, and and um, it brings so many people so much joy. Let's ease that peace of mind for people, and let's let's take a look and and see how well you're moving. And and so, yeah, go go see a physical therapist and yeah. and and see if you can get some good direction on on what you can do to to be confident when you're on the court that you're not going to get hurt. Absolutely. Because everybody moves differently, even though a lot of us go through some basic movements that are kind of similar, whether it's sitting or getting out of bed or walking. A lot of us have many different backgrounds. There are people who have had, you know, motor vehicle accidents or have had other sort of, you know, freak injuries or past surgeries. Some people respond really well to operations and some people respond not well at all. And you know, that changes how everybody's body moves on an individual case-by-case basis, that it's really hard to generalize or standardize necessarily what, what everybody in the pickleball world needs. And so with that in mind, um, you know, knowing that we can't fully generalize, are there a couple of things, like maybe one or two things that you wish you saw more pickleball players doing that would help them reduce their risk of injury? Yeah, I think the first one that actually kind of comes to mind is is maybe is something that we often kind of think of actually from a performance side of things is actually like incorporating some type of agility into your yes. training. Yeah. And and I, yeah, we often look at that as a means to kind of just yeah, optimize your performance, but yet because I think so many people don't really do any of that agility work, that side to side, forward backward type of stuff. Mm-hmm. If your only exposure to that movement is when you go play pickleball, when you're actually not even focusing on what that quality of movement is, you're focusing on shot execution. I think that's an, an area that actually puts you at, at kind of increased risk. Mm-hmm. So I definitely would say starting um, incorporating some agility type of stuff. Um, and you can use a physical therapist and a trainer to kind of help you establish what level you're currently at, what you can kind of tolerate. But I think even just starting with low level agility stuff will give people a lot of benefit. Agreed. And, you know, I think everybody acknowledges when somebody has done agility, like on, even if we don't like recognize like, oh, that's like a really agile person. We recognize the, the, the prowess that they have through their performance. Like, like Annalie Waters, for example, she can traverse that court with such purposefulness and intentional movement. And she gets places in, you know, ways that a lot of people can't even fathom. And I think a lot of that comes from her background as a soccer player and Mm -hmm. having the footwork agility that has been trained in that she's now incorporating on the court. So, um, you know, everybody recognizes how well Annalie Waters plays, but, you know, everybody else is capable of improving their performance, like you said, just by incorporating a little bit more agility into their you know, drills and their routines off the court. Yeah. Yeah. So just like something low level, it's just like working on a little bit of a side shuffle, kind of work, keep low, stay low, and just kind of work on some side to side movements. I think that that's something that uh, would benefit a lot of people and helping with, you know, things like ankle sprains and, and being, getting more custom and confident with those change of directions. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else, what other things that you could see helping reduce risk of injury for a lot of people? Yeah. And I I think that when it comes to injury preventions, like we got to know what are we trying to prevent? 
So I think we can look at the research now as it is coming out and, and yes. telling us what injuries are out there. And two of the common ones that I'm seeing are pickleball elbow and mm -hmm. Achilles tendinopathy. Mm -hmm. So let's say that we want to kind of address and prevent pickleball elbow. I think one of the biggest um, things that I see in my clients is, um, is some weakness in their more proximal muscles. So yeah. kind of focusing a little bit more or adding some scapular stabilization or some good like rotator cuff um, exercises mm -hmm. into your warm up or into your, um, you know, some of your workouts. It can be, um, they don't have to be your primary exercises in your workouts, but I think those smaller muscle groups can be incorporated in as like what I call fillers. Yeah. So if you're doing like squats or lunges, give your legs a break, but on that rest period, maybe add in some of like your banded, your shoulder band exercises or some scapular stabilizer uh, exercises. So you're yeah. being efficient with that time. Agreed. Agreed. I like your, your use of the word fillers. Um, I've heard some people also use the terminology of like snacking on them. I'll use that a lot with mm. my, when my clients do is like, yeah, just snack on a couple of these movements just to like get them into your day. Cause you know, a lot of us like snacking and with pickleball, we're constantly snacking between our games. Um, but I, I fully agree. Like give your legs a break and fill in with some of these shoulder stability, rotator cuff, scapular stabilizer um, type activities, just to get more of that proximal strength to help prevent stuff like pickleball elbow. So we have that for like pickleball elbow. How about for Achilles tendinopathy? Yeah, I think that for um, Achilles tendinopathy, you kind of go a couple of different directions, but I think optimizing your ankle mobility, making sure that you have that, um, it's going to help with, you know, change of directions, uh, especially when you're transitioning kind of from that backward position into kind of running back forward, single leg work, working really on having good ankle stability and kind of connecting that up the entire kinetic chain. And that's what I love about the lower extremity. I find that if you do some single leg stuff, you're, you're going to get so many benefits from the hip, the knee, the ankle. Um, yeah. Kind of addressing that entire kinetic chain. Absolutely. And our, our leg muscles are super powerful muscle groups. I mean, that there's a reason why they take up so much of, you know, most of our body. And a lot of times I find kind of going back to pickleball elbow, a lot of reasons why we see any sort of upper extremity issues is because people are overcompensating and trying to uh, produce a lot of power from their arms when they could be using their legs to help them a lot more. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even if you're dealing with something in your upper body, check, check your leg strength and power as well. Um, and that, that can really help you out <laughs> number one in your performance, but then also again, reducing that risk of injury, the whole body is a link system. And I think many people forget that when we're like, oh yeah, I have ankle pain or I have elbow pain. We forget that there's other connective tissues that connect to the connective tissues <laughs> to that spot. Yeah. Well, I think going back to like where we were talking about um, people being able to kind of get into open stance shot where they're really lunging outward. Well, if you can't do that with your legs, then you're going to really reach with your arm to be able to generate enough force from that position. You have to kind of, you know, manipulate your wrist to generate Absolutely. that. You know, one thing I love too, to kind of help people, um, optimize that kinetic chain for pickleball players with being a rotation sport are like, I love using medicine balls, yeah. um, very like low risk or, um, but you know, great way to work power and in order to kind of generate that people naturally kind of generate a lot more force through their legs to be able to propel that ball. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And so just kind of, you know, reminding the body of the most efficient way to move. And when the body can move efficiently, then you know that you're less, way less at risk of injuries. And more than anything, we just want to be limiting those injuries from happening as much as we can, especially with this sport growing so very quickly and everybody bringing their friends and family out onto the courts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it is it is fun to to try and recruit whatever friend that's not currently playing. <laughs> that's my primary goal is to get them on the court now. Absolutely, absolutely, it's everyone's prerogative. I've I've not met a single pickleball player that um, has not been at least invited there in the first place. Very rarely do I see people just like wandering out to check it out. It's usually like, oh yeah, I got like so and so brought me out here. <laughs> yeah, because like yeah, it's a very communal sport. And that's one of the reasons why we love the sport is because it's an opportunity to enjoy this, this act of playfulness in our, in our movements and our athleticism, but then playfulness with our friends, because a lot of pickleballer players, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We just, we have a lot of fun with everybody that we're out there on the court with, even when we're in like in a really, really serious snatch. And so, you know, we want to do our best to get back out to the courts and enjoy that community, enjoy that connection with everybody, which is why I'm really, really excited that um, Brian and I and some other friends that we're making in the um, health and fitness world are trying to bring these, bring this information, bring these opportunities for people to really take care of their bodies and ease into the sport appropriately for their body so that they can enjoy the longevity of playing games for many years to come. So Brian, for our listeners that are wanting to follow along with you more, there's so much knowledge that you've been able to share with us here and even more knowledge on your platforms. Where can people find you and keep up to date with what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. As you mentioned, I have um, a podcast called the Healthy Pickleballer Podcast. Um, so always trying to to share some insight and kind of reaching a, a wider audience um, through that platform. Um, and then under the same name, uh, the Healthy Pickleballer, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, where I just kind of show some uh, exercises, movements, um, and just information that can help you uh, to stay healthy and enjoy your time on the court. Um, and then I also have uh, a couple of free uh, resources available at uh, connectwithbrianlee.com. And that's Brian, B-R-I-E-N. Love it. I'm so excited. Brian has so many amazing things on his platforms already. I really love seeing anything that comes across my timeline, across my feed. Whenever I'm on social media, he, he's tuning in and jumping into a bunch of challenges. He has a lot of really great um, activities that you can get started and try. So he's really killing that social media game and getting connected with a lot of other amazing um, trailblazers in the pickleball health and fitness world. So please go follow Brian connect with him, reach out to him, because uh, he's he's got a lot of other amazing things to offer to the world of pickleball. But thank you, Brian, so much for coming onto this podcast. I, I love having conversations with you. It's This is like a part four of all of our pickleball conversations that we've had from podcast to in-person. So I really appreciate you taking some time out of your week to share your knowledge with even more pickleball players out there. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And um, likewise, I, I love the message that you are sharing with your listeners and, and on your platforms too. So uh, I really appreciate you having me on.
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pickleball Physio listeners. We hope that you had some really, really good information that you got from here. If you have additional questions, reach out to me or reach out to Brian. We'd be happy to answer them. Um, Because like we said, we want to give you guys that ease of mind to get back out there on the courts. Uh, Share this episode with a friend that you think might benefit from it or save this for yourself if you need a little reminder down the road. Other than that, hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll see you guys out there on the courts. Bye.